Welcome to the Fit40 Podcast, where we take all the confusing, conflicting fitness and nutrition information and break it down so that you can live your healthiest, strongest, most energized life. I'm your host, Brian Fitzsimmons. Let's get it started. All right, what's up, everybody? Today, we got Jillian Burke back in the house. We're going to be doing uh, pretty much like a one-year recap on how she's been able to lose weight, keep it off, and now we're going to go back in for another fat loss phase, which I have no doubt is going to be so much better now that we've gone through the reverse dieting stage and she is primed and ready to go. Now, we gave this one shot already. This is actually our second attempt doing this, so it's going to be twice as good as the original. So Jillian, welcome back. Thank you. I'm I'm hoping that this time works. So yes. yes. <laughs> Yeah. And for anybody who wanted to catch the first one, it is in the Fit40 Family Facebook group. So you can go check it out there if you want to see the original. But today, let's start off with like where you started your journey, because I think it's very helpful for a lot of people to know that where they're at right now, they're not alone. Because so many people start from this position where they're like, oh, I got so far to go. I just, it seems so overwhelming. So why don't you tell them a little bit about where you were when you decided to make a change? Yeah, so um, in January of 2021, I was pretty overweight, and one morning I went to go put my socks on, and I realized that um, it was very uncomfortable. Like I felt like I was struggling putting a sock on, and I was 29 years old at the time, and realized that I need to make a change, like not only physically but mentally as well. And so um, that around that time, I started looking up YouTube videos and drinking more water, basically just trying to get myself moving more. And uh, I didn't really have any plans or goals at that time, though. I just knew, like, my biggest goal, I guess, was just how much weight can I lose? That's really all I cared about, which has changed quite a bit since then. But that was my biggest goal to begin with. Yeah, there has been quite an evolution since then. So yeah. You started with the water and w were there any other habits that you were like, all right, if I just do this, I'll probably be in a good, good place to start. Um, one thing I did start doing is walking. I just taken my dogs for walk around the neighborhood. We have a pretty nice neighborhood. It's like a mile and a half around like our biggest block. So that was mm -hmm. just walking because I knew I could consistently do that. So that and the water. And then just moving my body for like 20 to 30 minutes every day. That's, that's pretty much what I strive for at that point. Okay. Yeah. That's it. I mean, and with all that going on, how much were you able to lose just doing that? Uh, I lost around 25 to 30 pounds in around four months. I want to say with mm -hmm. just doing that. So, well, not just doing that. Cause I did start um, tracking my calories shortly after that. And then I was, I put myself in a deficit of 1800 calories. So I was eating that and I was just, but I wasn't focusing on protein. That was one thing. I just kind of ate whatever I wanted, whatever fit into those calories, not realizing that protein was very important for all of that. Yeah. And again, just part of the evolution, but yep. definitely wanted to knock that out because it, a lot of people feel like you got to do everything perfectly from day one to see any sort of result. But in reality, it's really just about taking that first step and getting getting going, right? Yes. That was probably the hardest part was just admitting that I, I needed to change. And I was a very sedentary person. I was a stay at home mom of two at the time. And I mean, going to the grocery store was like the highlight of my day. So 
this was a big 180 for me for just adding more water because I was one of those people who drank coffee from sun up to sundown and then wondered why I was really dehydrated and felt like crap and couldn't sleep ever. So the water and the walking for sure did wonders for, for me. Well, you left that coffee part out of the first one. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I didn't know yeah, that. I, <laughs> yeah, I actually thought about that because I'm like, no, I was, I literally would live off iced coffee if I could, but I know I can't do that now. So just curious, what is your go-to coffee order? Well, it was a hazelnut iced coffee at Dunks, but then they got rid of the hazelnut swirl. So now it's just pre pretty much a caramel iced coffee, like the caramel swirl. Okay. I always like asking because <laughs> I am not a coffee drinker, but I love hearing what people's orders are just to see who the crazies are that are like yeah. double shot here, two sugars, a Splenda, and, and like have the super complicated no. orders. Yeah, I'm pretty basic. I do like my pumpkin spice though in the fall. Yeah. Pumpkin spice is pretty good. <laughs> um, okay. So we got the basics of like what you did to get going. And I got to say like 25, 30 pounds right off the bat, that is pretty damn impressive. And if anybody's ever been able to do that, that means you are capable of putting in the hard work really just comes right. down to finding the right thing to do, which is what we're going to talk about now, which is when you and me met, like, what were you doing as far as workouts go? And then what do you think transitioned you to being like, okay, I need a coach. So when I had lost that first, uh, I want to say it was like 30 pounds because it was in May. So I started in January and then now we're in May. Um, when I lost the 30 pounds, I was like, I want to buy myself. I think Planet Fitness was having a deal where like you could do a zero um, dollar down or something joining fee. And then it was like the first month free or something. I don't remember. It was some kind of deal. And I saw it and I told my husband, I was like, Planet Fitness is literally a mile away from our house. And I'm, I just wanted to join and see what I could do there because at home, I only had a five pound and a 10 pound dumbbell, I think. And then I had a bench. So I really couldn't do too much with that here. Um, it got me to that point, but I needed to progress more. So I got the gym membership. And then when I first went into the gym, that was when I first met you because I made a TikTok in my car saying how scared I was and how I was just, I was so intimidated. I'm not one of those people who goes out of my way to like do things like this on my own. So if I don't have the guidance, it's pretty scary. So it was a big deal for me to just go into a gym. So I go in there, I did have a plan. I don't remember what the exercises were, but there was like four or five things I had written down. So I knew I, what I was going to do. Of course, all the machines were taken that threw me for a huge loop. So I was the one on the treadmill. I did get some of my workout in. But that was the day that I realized that I think the guidance of just having a professional lead you is somebody that knows what they're doing to basically hold my hand and tell me what to do. Because I can, I know I could execute it at that point, but I didn't know how to get to the point of what I need to execute to get to where I want to be. Yeah. And that, that brings up a good point because you definitely showed yourself beforehand that you could put in the hard work. And yeah. that is part of it. Cause I mean, like there are a lot of people that are like, just fake it till you make it, but like, we're not dumb. We know ourselves and yeah. some of the best, the best motivation is by taking action and continually taking action because then you prove to yourself over and over and over again that, Hey, I'm putting in the work. Right. Yeah. And I, oh, I'm sorry if you can hear my dogs. I think yeah, one of okay. the neighbors is at my door. <laughs> um, yeah. So I agree with that. Um, I think my consistency and just not letting myself down. Um, at that point, I didn't really set any major goals. I really didn't have any physical goals or like lifting goals. It was just all weight loss. And 
thankfully I'm not in that mindset anymore, but I think just being consistent and just like, even if I have 10 minutes to do something, go for a walk, whatever, I got it done. And my confidence, I think that's what helped my confidence a lot. And then once I had the confidence to know that I could do these things, it was just, I was just building up the blocks from there, which really helped really long-term because I would not be here if I didn't set those foundation blocks down in the beginning. Absolutely. Cause I know that one thing I say with a lot of people that I work with is like, we're getting that snowball going, like we're building and we're rolling it up and we're building that momentum. Cause the momentum is a huge deal because so many people are on off on off, but you've mastered getting back on the horse. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I can't even say I ever really fell off the horse because I never have done this before. I've never gone on a weight loss journey. I've never tried to lose weight and I've never tried going to the gym. I, so I, I really can't even say that I've done, you know, fallen off the horse. Cause I really haven't, I've been consistent for 99% of the time for the last two years. Absolutely. But I'm one of those, I'm one of those people where if I, tell myself I'm going to do something I like almost become obsessed with it it's I call it my toxic trait but I know I don't have to be perfect but it's like one of those things where like if I'm going to do this I'm going to do it to its full extent I'm not just going to half-ass it or you know put in 30% work to get 30% results no I want I want all the results so I don't I don't mess around with that (laughs) I do and I do think a lot of people resonate with that where they're like if I'm going to do it I'm doing it right and yeah when you, when you go down that path, it does definitely help having a clear distinguished, like do this, do that, which is one of the first things we did, which was get you going in the right direction, figuring out where we're going. And you did what you did. You lost a ton of weight. And then we hit that point where we're like, okay, now we can't lose weight forever. Nobody can be on diet every day of the year. So when we hit that point, we jumped into what was called a reverse diet. And with that, basically we added a hundred or 200 calories per week. And then slowly, but surely your weight would either stabilize or maybe add a little bit. And we were riding that. So I'll let you tell them how many calories did we get up to where you still were not gaining weight? Uh, We were upwards of 3000 calories a day, which is absolutely mind blowing. And I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm around there right now as well. Cause my weight's pretty steady right now, but, um, yeah, that was pretty, pretty crazy. And then to be able to tell people like, you know, they see my body and they see what I can do. And they're asking, you know, they think I'm on some really low calorie diet or something, but I was not, I, we were, I think we kind of, we went up to 3000 and that might've been a little too much. Cause I remember telling you, mm-hmm. I almost feel like I'm force feeding myself. And then we went down to like 2,900, 2,800. And then that's kind of where I just rode the wave from there. So yeah, so we got really to nice. a point where you physically couldn't eat enough to gain weight. Yeah. Not a bad spot. Not yeah, a bad spot I agree. at all. And I think one of the more, more interesting things was that some of the weight did get put back on, but completely different though. So yeah, you yeah. got back to previous weight, but as far as body composition is concerned, it was night and day. Yeah. And that was pretty crazy to see because the number on the scale is very deceiving. So at my lowest, I got down to around 140 pounds, I think 150, 140, but gaining a little bit of weight. And even this time around, like during this building phase that I'm in now, my weight is higher 
but my clothes, I was a 10, 12 jeans and now I'm a six, eight jeans. So my body has completely changed and I'm a small medium shirt versus a medium large, even though I weigh more now than I did, you know, a year ago. So that's, that's, that's such a mind fuck. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's really weird to like, you know, to try and process that. And I find myself still unfortunately purchasing larger clothes because I feel like I won't fit into the smaller clothes and then I have to return them or I just wear them baggy. But it's like, it's, it's so mental. This whole journey is so, so mental. Absolutely. Cause that is the, like one of the very underrated parts of the journey. People want to love talk that people love talking about the X's and O's like got to eat this many calories. You're going to lose this much weight. But when it comes down to it, you got to be mentally prepared and you got to know right. the roadblocks and things that are going to happen. And for you, luckily, these are good mental hurdles to get over where it's like, okay, I'm not, I don't have to buy these bigger clothes for this reason. And it is tough to wrap your mind around the concept of like the fact that muscle is denser than fat. So like a anybody listening right now, go and Google one pound of fat versus one pound of muscle. And you'll see why the size is so different, even though the weight's the same. Right. Yeah. And I, I think it's one thing that people don't talk about a lot because I see a lot of people getting really discouraged about the scale going up, especially during a building phase. I mean, there's a lot of people who think that they should be looking a certain way because they did a whole bunch of cardio or something. And it's like, well, you don't, I don't think you're happy with the way that you look because not because you're not doing enough, but because you want to build more muscle versus, you know, lose fat. So when yeah. you build that muscle, it completely changes how your body looks. And it's, it's pretty amazing to see, to be honest. Yeah. And it is pretty wild when somebody gets off the cardio only train, because one thing that you see a lot with people that like just run for fat loss is the fact that even though they will weigh less body composition wise, as far as like how they look, doesn't really change that much. Like, right. and it's almost the flip side of what we're talking about, where it's like, say you're the same exact weight as before, but you look leaner, like a runner only will be lighter on the scale, but looks wise probably won't change a whole lot. Right. Yeah. And it comes down to the burning, burning muscle or sorry, not burning muscle, but building muscle. And that's the name of the game. So we got to that point where we're like eating so much that you almost had to force feed yourself just to maintain weight. Now, when we go into this next cut, the idea is let's cut 500 calories from what we've been eating. So you are going to be ideally losing about a pound of body fat, eating 2,500 calories every single day. Now, yeah. everybody listening, just take that in for a second. Like, think about that for yourself for a second. Because this is not that far-fetched. Like when people do it correctly, the mid-2000s is a very good spot for a burning body fat. 1,200 calories is not the go-to. No. And you've seen it firsthand, right? Right. Yeah. And I think uh, trying to keep my calories up a little bit higher, even if it was just above maintenance, then my workouts were still very good. I mean, I didn't really slack too much there, but it wasn't until last November that I really feel like I started lifting heavier because that's when we got our gym down in our basement with the actual barbell and all that, which I didn't have at the gym. So I definitely feel like that kind of pushed my whole journey into another direction as well. Cause I feel like I could lift a lot more, more efficiently here at home with my equipment. Absolutely. 
And I'm actually kind of glad that we filmed this today again, because now you, like last time we were talking about your goal of hitting 225 pound deadlift and that happened, what, a day ago? Two that days happened ago? today. That happened today? Yeah. Yep. It's pretty wild. 225 yeah. pounds. I mean, that's like what, double or triple the weight of both your kids? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think they're 40 and 60 pounds or something. So yeah. There you go. That's incredible. Yeah. I was really happy to get that. I was, I was determined this morning. I had a Rice Krispie treat and I got a good night's sleep because last week really sucked for my workouts. I just wasn't feeling it. And then this week I'm like, no, I'm going to hit that. And I pulled it for four, four reps. So I was really happy. Go. There we go. That's how it's done. Because again, back to the mentality. Now we're in that, that like mental state where we're like, all right, I want to work on a strength goal because working on getting smaller for the end till the end of time, it messes with your head a little bit. Right. Yeah. 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 And, and I feel what, like, Oh, sorry. No, go go ahead. ahead. No, I just, I feel like setting those small goals set me up for a lot of success too. And I feel like some people don't necessarily do that. So, cause I know I didn't do that in the beginning until I started working with you because I, like I said, my main goal was just how much weight can I throw off my body? But not realizing that to get from point A to point B, setting little stepping stones along the way is going to just continue to keep your confidence going and just have you something, have something to look forward to. So I think that was a big part of my success too, is just keeping those small goals. Definitely. Well, I mean, 225 pounds isn't a small goal, but. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I mean, it happened over time because I remember when you first hit 135 and you're like, wow, that's a lot of weight. And then with consistency, just showing up every day, trying to put like five more pounds on the bar. That's what it led to. Yep. And my, my first big goal for that was 200 pounds. And I hit that on Halloween or October 31st, I believe it was. And then, uh, yeah. And then 225 by the end of the year, which is what I, I just hit it. So. Yep. See, when you listen to me and Carl, when we give you projections, I mean, it's pretty <laughs> spot on. <laughs> I know. I always tell him, cause he usually comes down and says goodbye to me when he goes to work and he's like, did you do it? Did you pull it? I'm like, well, not today, but he's like, I know you got it next time. And then my <laughs> six-year-old tells me that I need to lift 200 pounds every Friday. So that's, I'm like, no, cause that's, that's with the, the pause deadlift. So I cannot do that yet. <laughs> so it's gotta be every, every Monday I'll lift 200 pounds. Sounds like a fair deal. I, yeah. I like your daughter pushing you. <laughs> yeah. But that, that brings up a good, uh, good topic, which is like, we lift so we can be there more, like we could be more present for life, be there for the, for the kids, for the family. What are some things that you've been able to do that at the start of your journey, you're like, wow, I can't even imagine myself doing that. Like not even in the gym, but like in life. Um, I guess I was never really... a a very competitive person and so during this I've kind of learned to be competitive with myself and not letting myself down and just um just gaining confidence like something I never really had before is what I've I don't know I don't really know how to say it but I feel like I those that's what I've you know gained the most is confidence and just knowing that I can do the hard things, even when I think I get into my own head thinking I can't do this or I'll never be able to do that. I thought that so many times on this journey that I'll, I'll never be able to pull 200 pounds or 
I remember when I, the first time I held my own body weight with a deadlift, it was like 150 pounds. And I thought that was incredible. And that, you know, I never thought that that would be achievable for me. And here we are. Yep. Yep. And it's pretty incredible when you stack up all the little wins along the way, what it can do. Yeah. Awesome. Now let's think into the future. So we've hit this 225 goal. We've lost a good, a good bit of body weight. And now going into 2023, what are your like big goals that, I mean, I know you're going to hit, but what are some goals that you think are a little like, uh, not far-fetched, but like, they're the big goals that you're like, maybe I will, maybe I won't. So I, I think the two big goals that I have are um, squatting 135 pounds, which I'm, I am, I think I've squatted 115. So I'm not too far say, off from that. That's going to happen <laughs> but, in like a week. Yeah, <laughs> Set them that's bigger. Next big goal. <laughs> yeah. And then um, front squatting hundred pounds, which I'll probably hit this week. And then my big goal, I guess, is deadlifting two times my body weight. So around 280, 285. So that's, that's my big, big goal, which big I'm one. pretty confident I'll get there. Yeah. I have no doubt you will. Now, when it comes to the fat loss phase, how, what are we aiming for? Cause I mean, we're going to have a more in-depth discussion once January 1st hits, but for the people to like, understand like where, like, what are like some realistic goals that you you're going to set for yourself as far as like a body weight that you want to hit and stay at? So at this time, I don't really have like a body weight goal. I kind of just want to go on how I feel and how I look because I, again, I, I feel like I put on, I don't know how many pounds. I mean, definitely more muscle this time around because I've lifted way heavier this time. But, um, so I don't really know. I mean, we got down to 140 pounds like earlier this year and I was, I felt like I was pretty lean. So I don't know if I'll be around there. I think if I get around there, my body will look a lot more muscular because I've added more muscle. So I guess we'll just kind of have to see how I look and feel for that. But I'm definitely excited because I've put in a shit ton of work this time around. So I've really pushed myself these last few months. And I love the productive curiosity, which is like something that we've covered a couple of times, which is like that. I don't know how it's going to go. I'm going in with no expectations. I'm just going to put in the work and see what happens. <laughs> Cause that's, yeah, maybe that's why, the best way. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's why I'm like, you know, I, I, maybe that's me setting myself up for not failing. Cause I don't really have a super big expectation, which I know I'll, you know, I'll be happy with the results, but going in, not saying, you know, I'm, I'm going to for sure get down to this body weight by this time. It's just, no, I'm just going to ride the wave and get there when I get there, but I know I'm going to get there. It's just yep. when I get there. And for anybody who's not familiar with the terminology, like riding the wave, like that's one of those things that I just like, sub like subconsciously always keep saying, and it's <laughs> yeah, once you too. hit your stride, like everybody wants to do that one more thing, that one more thing. I always got to be doing something extra. And it's like, no, you got to find the sweet, you got to find the uh, secret sauce. Like when you get those things right, like for you, it was hitting the right amount of calories, getting the workouts in and being patient. And that's really what riding the wave is, is being patient and just letting your body do its thing and keep crushing it over and over and over again, doing your absolute best. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I feel like a lot of people will kind of set themselves up for failure, thinking that they're going to get from point A to point B within a certain amount of time or with not as much effort as they maybe want to do or something like that. And then when they don't hit that, 
you know, I see a lot of people jumping on programs that promise results in, you know, 30, 60, 90 days, but realistically 30 days in your whole lifetime is such a minuscule amount. If you're going to commit, just why not commit long-term? And I feel like that's kind of where I am now. You know, I was one of those people who thought, well, if I don't lose the next five pounds in 30 days, then I've failed, but not really because it's, it's a lifetime thing. Like I'm, I'm committed. I know I'm going to have to commit to this long-term to keep my results and to just continuing progressing. So I think setting realistic expectations is really going to help you long-term. Yep, absolutely. And for anybody who's wondering, like, what are realistic expectations? Like if you did want to give yourself some sort of an idea, the go-to is usually about like for every pound you have to lose, that'll take about one to two weeks. So if there's somebody listening, it's like, I want to lose 50 pounds. It's like, well, that's not going to happen in 12 weeks. Like that's like a year, maybe even a two year long thing because there's got to be diet breaks in between and things like that. Yeah. And if you're going to do it, you can lose weight extremely fast. I mean, if you only care about the, the, scale, the number on the scale, go do endless cardio, eat 900 calories, go ahead. Like, yeah. you know, more power to you. But the downside is, is as soon as you start eating more calories or go back to your regular diet and realize that running 12 miles a day is not sustainable, you're going to be right back at square one. So I always preach to people that if you're going to do it long-term and sustainable, you really have to change the daily habits and you don't have to change everything at once. Like I said, it's just setting those small things, you know, drinking more water, going for a daily walk, start with that. You know, that's all that you need to do. And then progress from there and add on once you get those habits set, because setting those habits really sets you up for success. You can't build the roof or build a house by starting at the roof. You have to start at the foundation in the basement or else you'll, you'll crumble. Exactly. And I like, I'm going to bring it back to something you said before, where it's like, you really are more focused on how you look and feel because the, the scale can do whatever the scale does, depending on a multitude of different factors. But if you're eating to feel better, if you're like going based on how you like feel, how you, how your clothes fit and things like that, those are the things that are going to be like long-term mental strategies. Like the weight is always going to like mess with you. There's no way that the weight is not going to have a few days during the week where it's like, Hey, we just gained some weight and it's going to eat at you a little bit. But if you don't focus on that part and you think about the inches and overall just feeling healthier and feeling more energized, that's what's going to keep you going. Right. And I agree with that. And especially with having two small children, I can't make my journey be super extreme. Like, you know, I can't do things that some people, even well, my age or younger than me, are doing, like spending hours in the gym or all that. So my biggest goal is to just set healthy habits for me. And then they'll see me like my kids are already very interested in working out. My son loves going down there with me. And my daughter does an early morning thing at school where she does goes into the weight room. And she says she's just walks on the treadmill for right now. But I know (laughs) I know she'll get out there eventually. But having them. Yeah. So, you know, I know that I'm making an impact to them. And that's, that's also a big thing for me. Cause I didn't have, I didn't have this, um, lifestyle at all. When I was a kid, I didn't, my, my, my family didn't, I mean, we were active. Like I played sports when I was younger, but I never was like 
into fitness, I would say. Yeah. So this is all completely new. Yeah. And a lot of people don't have that, that luxury of growing up with no, like their parents being knowledgeable and weightlifting or nutrition or anything like that. So, I mean, it, it almost gets into the concept of like how people talk about generational wealth and it doesn't just apply to money. Like, yeah, that's what everybody knows, but like wealth comes in many different forms, health being one of them. And if you can teach your kids the right way and be the example, then you're not just setting them up, you're setting their kids up and your great, great grandkids up for the knowledge that they need to live their healthiest, best life. And that's really as a mom, all you could hope for, right? Right. Yeah. Cause my mom, sorry, I'm going to throw her under the bus. I know she's not even going to listen to this. (laughs) Our, Our parents are all guilty of just doing their best. Yeah, but my mom was totally wrapped up in like the whole toxic diet culture. Like mm-hmm. I remember trying the uh the slim fast shakes. Like I did that when I was younger. I did the special K diet where you ate a bowl, a half a cup of cereal for two meals out of the day. Um, you know, my mom was one of those people that always told me everything I eat is going straight to my thunder thighs. And unfortunately, she still believes a lot of that. So when she sees me she's made comments before about, you know, are you sure you want to eat that cake? And it's, but I want to break that, that habit of, you know, how I was raised and teach my kids that food has no value and there's no good or bad foods. There's growing foods and then there's fun foods and there, you can have them all in moderation. So I'm trying to flip the script huge because I just want for my kids what I didn't have when I was younger. And that is a huge cycle to break because I know there's a lot of people listening. They're like, yes, my parents did that too. Like, or there's always been these like people in the family or the friend group that make those comments and it does need to change because weight is not the only thing that matters in people's lives. It's all about health and health looks very different for everybody. Like, right. I like the example that uh, one of the guys I follow, Jordan Syed, he's like, listen, somebody eating a cookie could be like, could be really good for their health because maybe they're just getting over an eating disorder or it could be bad because they can't control themselves and they eat an entire sleeve. So context matters. Yeah. Yep. And I definitely agree with that. And uh, that's just what we continue to tell our kids because I don't, I just don't want them to look at a cookie and be like, Oh no, I can never have that. That's going to make you fat. And it's, it's cause it's not. So yeah. I make sure that they see me eating everything, which they do. And I, and I do eat everything. It's not, I'm not eating just to eat something like that in front of them. So. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember as like a young trainer, I would never understand that concept. I'm like, why can't everybody just count calories and eat clean and do that? And it's like, well, the kids are watching and you don't want them growing up with like food fears or like being slaves to the food scale or things like that, which is like how I know we took some time off from tracking completely. Yeah, I haven't tracked since June, July. It's been a while, but I I feel like I really, because I kind of laid the foundation for how how I should be eating and how much I should be eating and uh, the basic knowledge of portion sizes, you know, I can eyeball peanut butter, like a serving of peanut butter, like 28, 30 grams or yeah, grams. And, you know, it's kind of funny because sometimes I'll test myself. I'll like, I, I love peanut butter on a bagel. So I will on a what on a bagel <laughs> <laughs> carbs. I love carbs. No, I'm just picking on you for the pronunciation. Yeah. Oh, wait, what? How do you say it? A bagel, not a bagel. What? <laughs> oh, God. 
It's okay. Oh, I, I gotta, we I gotta catch cards. up with the lingo because I'm heading to Syracuse tomorrow for uh, my girlfriend's family for Christmas. And they're probably yeah. going to say it that way too. Cause you upstaters <laughs> talk like that. So it'll be good. Tell I'm them, getting, I'm getting some exposure early. Yeah. Tell them to bring you to like Bruger's bagels and see what they say or however <laughs> you say it. <laughs> That's funny. I got to find something but, because when people hear anybody from Jersey say dog or coffee, it's like, Oh, coffee. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah. But, Carl does a lot of work in Boston and their accents. Oh just, God. It's so funny. My khakis. That, that's brutal. The only yeah. thing, they, the thing that grinds my gears the most is the fact that they call subs grinders. Oh, some people call <laughs> um, hot dogs uh, grizzlies or something out here. Glizzies. Glizzies. I'm like, what <laughs> oh, is <yeah>. that? <laughs> I don't know. That that's like so a funny. that's like a Gen Z thing or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I heard it for the first time the other day, and I'm like, I have no idea what you're trying to say to me. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yep. But sorry to cut you off on the bagels. Um, we were talking no, about peanut okay. butter. Yeah. So, um, going like a year and a half or so, um, tracking pretty precisely, I would say, um, has really set me up to understand like the value of a calorie and the size mm. of a meal and things like that. And just really portion sizes. And so, yeah, I haven't tracked since I would say early summer, summer, late spring-ish. Mm -hmm. and um I have only gained like uh, I don't know maybe 15 7 15 to 17 pounds so but it's, it's purposeful so yeah you know I'm and going through a building phase so yeah just want and to like that we said there. like and that's over the course of how many months six about yeah six or eight months yeah so and for to put it in perspective as far as the numbers go like gaining a pound pound and a half per month is still mostly muscle so even if we did gain a little more than we intended, it's still going to be good because the metabolism is going to be in a prime state for when we get back into it. Right. Yeah. And, and, I, you're, and, I, and you're still kind of in the newbie gain phase anyway. So that was probably almost 99% muscle. Yeah. I mean, I know all my muscles are still there. I just don't have like, I used to be able to see the like definition between my, um, my delts. I can't see that now, but I know like when I do flex them, they are definitely there and you yeah. know, my triceps and everything. So I know it's there. That'll be the first thing to come back. Dig it back out. Yeah. But I like what you said before about um, like with the, uh, how you kind of know what everything is as far as serving sizes go, because that is one of the biggest things that messes people up when they're trying to count calories for the first time is understanding what a true serving size is and not just guesstimating. Like if anybody wants to test themselves right after this podcast, see if you can measure one table, one tablespoon of peanut butter, like a sir, a true serving size or, and, or a glass of wine. See, Oof. see what a true glass of wine looks like. And then it's like, yeah, it, it makes sense why people have a hard time losing weight because they're not, they're drinking like two to three times what they think they are. Yeah, I was one of those people that would drink a lot of wine. I never, I was a whole bottle at a time. I can't, I can't drink wine anymore. I cut that out, I think two years ago about. Yeah. So, cause I, I can't, I don't, I can't estimate wine. It's the whole bottle. That's one serving to me. And unfortunately I just, I can't not have the whole bottle. So I couldn't drink, I can't drink it anymore. So I switched to White Claws. <laughs> hey, White Claws are a good option too. 
100 calories. It's kind of like when you switch to the single serving packs of like nuts and things like that or skinny pop. Yeah. It helps you keep keep yourself in check. Yeah, actually that was one of the things that like I used to try and eat because I thought it was a healthy thing was we used to buy the big bags. It was like a five pound bag of trail mix from Costco. And then I realized what an actual serving of like almonds and peanuts is. And it's literally like nine almonds is 150 calories. So some of those foods that are labeled more healthy or whatever are not, they may be healthy, but they're, they're very calorie dense. So you're snacking on that out throughout the day and and it's not going to fill you up. So you can easily eat 600 calories and not even feel like you ate anything. Absolutely. Cause that's one of the, one of the mental justifications that I think a lot of people get into when they're starting a, a diet or anything like that, where they're like, well, it's natural or well, it's healthy. So I could just have it guilt free. Right. And it's like right. to a degree, but at the end of the day, the calories tell the story. If you're eating too yeah. many, you gain weight. If you're eating too little, you lose weight and everything else is like a puzzle as far as figuring out what works best for you. Yeah. And then you also have to pay attention to certain labels. Cause I know a lot of people think that like peanut butter is a protein source, but it has like six grams of protein in it and you know, 20 grams of fat. It's, it's not, it's not protein. Yeah. I know well, that, it's, it's that sad, actually, but that reminds me of a couple of other good, good cases of that for one of my biggest pet peeves is bacon. Like when it comes oh. to Turkey or regular bacon, sometimes the amount of fat compared to the amount of protein per serving is insane to like for the Trader Joe's one that I have now it's like six grams of protein and like two grams of fat which is usually the complete flip of that like if you get like Butterball or like Jenny O or some of that stuff like it's a one-to-one ratio of protein to fat you're lucky like most of them are almost all fat and very little protein Right. Yeah. There's a few things out there like that. I mean, even a lot of like, there's certain like, um, I mean, they're more diety food, but they, I know that there's like a brand of like protein cookie that is sold and they actually sold them at my gym. And I looked at the label one time and they're like 12 grams of protein and they're like 350 calories for the whole thing. I'm like, where, what the hell else is in this? And then you look at the label and it's like three servings is that one cookie. So how is that a protein source? Yeah, I think that's what it is. I mean, it looks delicious. I've never had one, but I, no, that is yeah. not protein. That is a carb source, carb and yeah. fat. When I when I worked at Vitamin Shop, I was like just restocking one day, and I looked at the label, and I'm like, "This is such a scam!" Like, there, there's yeah. this label is so misleading because it's half a cookie for this stuff, and nobody eats one half of a cookie. Right. So it is good to get in the habit of checking labels and seeing like is it really only this many calories or is it only this many calories if I break it up into like quarters? Right. Yeah. And there's, there's so many things that are labeled out there like that. I mean, even some protein shakes are, it's more of like a meal replacement versus a protein shake. Yeah. They're, you know, super high calorie, but it's, it's just, they advertise the protein. And of course that's what we say is really important. So people go for that, not realizing that the protein is important, but there's a lot better bang for your buck somewhere else. Exactly. And that's what it comes down to is the learning. Cause yeah, when you, whatever went, what's the, um, the saying, what gets measured gets managed. If yep. you're in debt to up to your eyeballs, what's the first thing you do? 
break out the statement from the month before, see what the hell you spent your money on. When it comes to dieting, same concept. It's like, okay, I'm done. I want to try and start losing weight. First thing to do, put it all down on a tracker or down on paper and figure out where the heck the numbers are. Yeah. And you learn a lot. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I've learned a lot, like I said, just about like serving sizes and all that. I mean, I was one of those people who, you know, I could eat a fourth of a pack of cream cheese, you know, with my bagel. <laughs> and now I know. It's like you're trying not- now just to throw it into conversation. <laughs> I know. Well, I just, I like bagels. They're very versatile. So <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I don't know. It just keeps coming to mind of things that I've, I've tracked or, or like, like uh, tested my tracking on recently the cream cheese and then the peanut butter so and I you know I get pretty close to the grams of what a serving is and you may be disappointed at first but then once you realize that there's a lot of foods out there that you can eat that have more volume versus more dense so you know you can like I mean you can eat certain meals and have them be huge and fill you up versus a steak and potatoes which you're only going to be able to get a smaller portion of it if you're trying to lose weight yeah yeah and that actually reminded me today, I didn't realize, but um, I guess there are some places that do this that like quick check, for example, you know how you can like make your own sandwich and you can pick any ingredients you want. They have an option now on their nutrition facts. So they pretty much add up everything that you put onto the sandwich. So you could like snap a picture and then remember it for later. And even myself, I've been counting calories now for probably like almost 10 years and I didn't even think it was that many calories. <laughs> so you might yeah. surprise yourself sometimes. Like I thought it was maybe 500. My sandwich ended up being 760. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty eye-opening. Like I remember when I used to make salads, again, to try and be healthy, um, I would not account for the dressing. I'm like, oh, well, it's a big bowl of lettuce, right? How much more could I add to it? Not realizing that my two patties of grilled or crispy chicken with my ranch and bacon bits is another thousand calories added onto that. Yep. So it's, and then it's you pretty figure, crazy when you realize. Yeah. And then you figure like, well, the chicken's got to stay. So how do we work everything else? Right. Well, you know, there's just swaps that you can make, you know, now I do grilled chicken and then I'll do light ranch or just less ranch. I mean, you don't need to douse your salad in ranch. I mean, yeah. One sorry of the, to say to the ranch lovers, but <laughs> one of the biggest game changers that I've found, cause I I've worked in a handful of restaurants and when you toss a salad, like you really don't need a lot of dressing to cover all the leaves. So right. like if one easy way to get more out of your dressing is to like put your salad in a bag and then put like a tablespoon of whatever dressing it is or whatever the serving is, and then shake it up. And then you could check it and be like, all right, well, I might need a little bit more. And then you just add as you, as you need it instead of just caking it on and eating it in globs instead of like a nice little thin glaze. Yep. That's exactly what I do now. I have like a, a glad glade, whatever they're called Tupperware container. And that's what I bring my sales to, to work in. And I have like a little cup of the dressing and then, you know, pre-measured and then I I'll just shake it all up and it's perfect every time. And it's only one serving of dressing too. It coats it all. Go. So Perfect. Yeah, I was a glabber before. <laughs> I would just pour until my heart's content. <laughs> yeah, I, I was definitely guilty of that many, many times because everybody knows the the best dressings are usually the creamy ones. 
Like those yeah. are the, those are the tastiest. So you got to find a way to fit it in. And when you do, you can have anything you want. Right. Yeah. Or like if we go out to a restaurant and eat, I will get my dressing on the side because they just give you an enormous amount of dressing. Mm -hmm. And then I just dip a little bit of my lettuce in there and then I just do it per bite. So that works out too. Yeah. Or the, the fork in option works pretty well too, where you just dip your yes. fork into the dressing and then take a stab at the, at the salad. Yeah. I actually learned that tip from you and I believe Carl and I have both done that. So that, that helps a lot too. Honestly, I kind of prefer it that way. Cause I'm like anal with how I eat food. Like I like getting all the flavor in every single bite. So I yeah. mean, for somebody who's like that, it works great. <laughs> yeah. Yep. But I didn't think we would go down that rabbit hole, but I'm glad we did because <laughs> yeah. talk about actionable steps. I think we just dropped like 10. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't want to take up too much of your time because I know you got the kids and the dogs and Carl to take care of, but <laughs> um, let's end it on a high note with like, if you were to boil it down, like to everything that we just talked about, what are like three things that you would tell somebody who's like listening right now that is trying to get started, but they just can't figure out how, what are like three things that they should do that you would do if you were to start all over again? So I would say the first thing, like three things that I wish I did from the start were, uh, I wish I set smaller goals in the beginning because I feel like having the one big goal of weight loss, just, it didn't set me up for failure, but I feel like I would have progressed in other ways instead of just focusing on one thing. You know, even if it was going for a walk around my neighborhood a little bit faster or going for an extra five minutes versus, you know, 10 minutes or whatever. So setting small goals, because I really feel like that sets you up. Because if you have a, a plan to get, or if you have a goal to get from point A to point B, but you, you need stepping stones on how to execute that. You can't just say, well, I just want to lose the weight. Okay, but how are you going to lose the weight? Set, set those small goals, you know, maybe it's a three pound thing, you know, three pounds first or whatever. But I think setting those small goals along the way definitely helps. Um, another thing I would say is get start doing something that you can stick to consistently and that you actually enjoy. Because when I first started this, I was all cardio based. And I pretty quickly realized that I just don't enjoy cardio. I, I love walking and hiking, and that's about the extent of that. So doing high intensity cardio is just not for me. I really like weightlifting. So I think going through that, I learned that, but I feel like if I started weightlifting sooner, like seriously, then, you know, I would, I don't want to say I'd be further along than I am, but I feel like that would have just been more enjoyable in the beginning. Cause I always was under the impression that cardio is how you lose weight. It's just cardio, 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 not strength training. And then, um, I think just setting things up that you can consistently do so I guess if you want to become a runner or something don't don't say I'm going to run 10 miles every day when you can't consistently do that if you can walk for 10 minutes you know say I want to walk for 30 minutes every day okay then walk for 15 minutes here 15 minutes there whatever you can do it consistently don't set yourself up for goals that are not achievable especially for your lifestyle because I see a lot of people that like myself have kids and I can't go to the gym for four hours a day. I don't have endless amounts of time to spend doing this stuff. So my realistic goals are I can work out for four days a week and that's it. Maybe one, one and a half hours a day. So I can't be in the gym seven days a week. So that's just unrealistic for me. So stick to what you can get done consistently. 
And I think that's, that's what I would say, what I wish I would have started earlier on my journey is those three things. Awesome. That was perfect. I mean, <laughs> if, if nothing else, like if you didn't take anything else away from this podcast, those three things right there, I think pretty much sealed it. That's right where we'll leave it. <laughs> All right. So yeah. That's thank oh, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say that's, you know, that's the gist of it is just start small, you know, don't overwhelm yourself. Because mm -hmm. I know I know people want to go full force right into everything. And, and you just can't do that. Small things will get you to where you want to be. Absolutely. Small thing, small little wins stacked up result in very, very big wins down the road. Yep. All right. Well, thank you so much, Jillian, for coming on. I really appreciate it. And I love seeing the progress that you're making. Like you are leading by example. You're not just losing weight and then we never hear from you again. You're still doing it. You're still keeping it off, still crushing goals left and right. So thank you so much for coming on and sharing some of the wisdom that you've learned along the way. And I can't wait to see how you keep doing in 2023. All right. Thank you. You're very welcome. And thank you everybody for tuning in. Until next time, go kick some ass. I'll see you later. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode and you're a new listener, go ahead and hit that subscribe button so that you don't miss another episode. And if you're a returning listener, I would love your feedback. If you could take two seconds to just leave a quick review on iTunes or Spotify and rate the show, that would be greatly appreciated. So thank you in advance and have a great rest of your week.